June 6, 2023. We're continuing in Masechet Berachot, we're on Daf Tetzayin Amudbet, on the very bottom line. Now, if you recall, the Gemara has been talking about, for the last several lines, and for a bit more, the various prayers and unique tefillot that many of the Imoraim used to have at the conclusion of their Amidah, where we today, and we'll read about on Daf and say, Elokai, Nesor, Leshoni, Merav, Siftotai, Midaber, Mirma, and so forth, uh, there used to be different versions. This is where, to, for all intents and purposes, your Shimone Esre, your Amidah, in its formal sense, is over, and there's room for um, for specific and particular petition or requests or praise of God. And as a result, we'll read about some of the Hazara other approaches. That's where Hazara ends there. That's the end. Again, for all intents and purposes of the Amidah. Rav Safra, the bottom line, Rav Safra, Batar means after, like Bava Batra means the last, Batar means after. Selote, Selah means Tefillah. Selote or Salota. Selote means his prayer. After his Amidah, Amar Hacheh, this is what he would say. Yehi razon milefanecha Hashem Elokeinu. It should be your will or in front of you. Your will, God, Hashem Elokeinu, shetasim shalom bepamalia shel ma'ana bepamalia shel mata, that you should place peace in the upper legions and in the lower legions. Rashi quotes uh, from a pasuk in Daniel, but Rashi more specifically defines what does it mean the upper legions. Behaburat sareha umot shekshehasarim shel ma'ana yesh tagar benehem tekef yesh ketata ben haumot. Rashi, quoting from a tradition from Sefer Daniel, he cites a pasuk, but we have statements in the Gemara and the Midrash throughout about some sort of vision of a reciprocal interaction between our world and the world above. And in the world above, there are sarim, there are these ministers for each person and for each nation. And so as a result, the statement is, let there be peace above, so it'll trickle down and funnel into our lives as well. If there's kitata, if there are fights above, it means there'll be difficulty, there'll be war and sparring relationships in this world as well. Uben, he continued, Rav Safra in his prayer, there should be peace. Ben ha-talmidim ha-oskim Torah Amongst and amidst the students who study your Torah. Ben ha-oskim lishma, ben ha-oskim lishma. Whether they're immersed, they're involved in Torah lishma, or shelo lishma. Later on our Amud will have a statement, you can already see it in Tosafot, ha-oseh shelo lishma, noach lo shelo nivra. We'll try to define what it means, shelo lishma and lishma. But for our purposes right now, it means with the proper intention, whether it's students who are studied for the right intention or the wrong intention, whether they're it's together. Not versus not students. It's not like the lovers of Torah and haters of Torah. Right. It's the two people who are learning Torah differently. Which again makes sense because we do have a statement elsewhere. It's not only a, a psychological uh, expression, we consider a person in the midst of their study and their engagement, even with the wrong intention, oftentimes still in the right place because they're on the, in the right direction. Says the Gemara, says Rav Safra, and all those who are immersed, all those who are busy with Torah, Right? Even though they are involved in Torah, they are still Talmidim, we still have a final prayer, a final petition and request, but let them come to Torah Lishma. Again, we'll, we'll work on the definitions of those, at the very least Tosafot, and maybe one or two others when we get later on the Amud. Rabbi Alexandri, Batar Selotea Marhache. This Rabbi Rabbi Alexandri, he as well, after his prayer, he would say the following: ora, Hashecha. 
you should have us stand God. Rashi says keren, horn, means a zavit, a corner. A corner filled with light as opposed to a darkened corner. The idea being perspective and direction in life. When I have vision, when things appear lit up, well, it's positive, I can look forward, I can understand, I can see, I can feel in the fullest sense, as opposed to when matters feel more obscured, more difficult to see, hard to understand and comprehend, life is a lot more difficult, that's his request to God, let me be in the corner which has the light. Furthermore, said Rabbi Alexandri, according to this version, our hearts, our minds should not be depressed. And our eyes shouldn't be darkened. Let us see things positively instead of negatively. Let us be inspired to a good life as opposed to a depressed one. There's a different version. Ha, that last prayer which we just read about the perspective and the feelings and the approach to life. That was not Rabbi Alexandri, that was Rav Hamnuna's prayer at the end of his Amidah. Rabbi Alexandri, but Rabbi Alexandri, alternatively, at the end of his prayer, Amar Hache, this is what he would say. Ribon Ha'alamim, Master of the Universe. You know, it's revealed, it's exposed in front of you that our will, our deep seated will, is to do your will. Uh, there is a lot to be said for that. The Gemara Masechet Kiddushin talks about how if a person doesn't want to give a get, we're makinoto roseani. Once upon a time, they would coerce the individual, not to the full extent, but up until he would say, I want to. And famously, the Gemara asks, and Harambam articulates it even further, but wait a second, I don't understand. If he doesn't want to give it, even though he's saying he wants to give it, it's called the get merose. It's a coerced get. That's not kosher, a divorce document which is given under uh, uh, under pressure. And the suggestion is that deep down in every Jew's heart and soul, they truly want to do the right thing. They have uh, enveloping it all sorts of evil inclinations and ways of this world and societal pressures and so forth. That's the expression, it's the statement over here. You know that deep down we all want to do your will. Uh, so what is preventing us? What is it that prevents us from doing your will? Two things. Seor Shebaisa v'she'ibud malchuyot. Seor Shebaisa literally means the leavening age. And we know Seor Hametz, which is in the dough. What does that mean? And secondly, she'ibud malchuyot means the servitude of the monarchy, of the kingship. The second one's easier to understand immediately. The servitude of the monarchy, of the kingship, means... We don't have our own governance, and as a result, we're forced to do things we don't necessarily want to do. We live in a world where we aren't in control of our destiny, of our everyday actions and activities. We're oppressed, or we're told what to do. What's Seor Shibaitza Rashi, three lines from the top? Yeser Harashi Bilvavenu Hamachmisenu. It's based on this Gemara that many of the Ba'ale Mahshavan and many of the Jewish thinkers, philosophers, uh, developed the idea of Hametz in general as being related to Yeser Hara. Why is Hametz Yeser Hara? Well, think about Hametz for a moment. It's about laziness. It's about not doing anything. That's what brings for the dough to rise. And as a result, the vision over here is my Yetzir Hara, which in truth, at its core, is about laziness. It's about not being strong and fast enough in my commitment. Uh, that's what prevents me. So again, the statement of Rabbi Alexandria, according to this version, is, listen, God, we'd love to do your will. We have this natural internal battle called Yetzir Hara, Seor Sheba Isa, that laziness. And we have an external battle as well, 
which is the Shibud Malchuyot. Yehi Razon, HaKadosh Baruchot, should be your will, Melefanecha, in front of you, Shetasilenu miyadam, venashuv la'asot chokeres onecha belebav shalem. Save us, please, give us assistance. Of course, we're in control of as much as we can do, but give us assistance in saving us from Yetzer Hara, from Shibud Malchuyot, to open us up to our true intention and will to service you and to worship you. Rava. Next says the Gemara, Rava Batar Selote, after his prayer, Amar Hache, he would say the following, Elokai, my God, Until I was created, you know something? I wasn't worthy. I wasn't worthy of what? What does it mean I'm not worthy? Rashi, three lines from the top, I wasn't worthy of being created. What made a, a purposeful creation, looking back at who I am, at what a human being has potential to be, I don't think I should have been created. Now that statement is somewhat created. reminiscent. Well, he's going to say even well. We'll read the next words before we go on. Now that I have been created, I haven't lived up to anything. It's as if I wasn't created, meaning I'm not worthy of being created. I haven't maximized any potential that perhaps has been given to me in the creation of me. Um, in truth, this is somewhat reminiscent of the Gemara Masechet Eruvin on Daf Yod Gimel. We just mentioned it this past Sunday, where Bet and Betilil for two and a half years, the Gemara says, deliberated. They had a conflict, a mahlokit about whether it was better for human beings to be created or not. Until Nimnu Vigamru, they voted and counted together that Noah Lo Shelo Nivra would have been better that we not have been created. Achshav Shenivra, now that we've been created, now that we've been created, you may as well maximize your time in introspecting and doing right. And so Rava's statement as well of is somewhat along those lines. Human beings are naturally inclined to do wrong. We have a physical drive, which in turn suppresses our positive potential. And as a result, the statement is, Now that I have been created, well, maybe I've maximized as much as I could have. And so in a, in a moment of, of sheer and utter humility, says Rava, I'm not really any better than before I was created. You should know that um, in my lifetime, I'm like Afar. Now that could be humility as well, like Abraham Avinu said, Alternatively, but before we get to the alternative, and all the more, so after my death, I'll be Afar. In other words, he's expressing his low level. He's expressing the fact that he doesn't have much value in his eyes. It's a sheer and utter humility. He's being able to debase himself and to see himself as, well, I'm like dirt in my lifetime, certainly after my death. There is perhaps between the lines as well, a reference from Rava to an appropriate vision of a human being. The Torah says, The Torah focuses us on origins. It describes to us that we come from dirt and will return to dirt. And as a result, says Rava, and now what am I? I'm just a pile of dirt. I might be an intellectual pile of dirt, maybe an emotional pile of dirt, but ultimately speaking, I'm still dirt. There's a certain vision of where I came from, where I'm going, defining who I am in this moment. There's lots of Musar to be taken from that. That's for that reason that the Gemaran Masechet Nidan Daflamid envisions our origins as having been studying Torah with the Malach in our mother's womb. What are they getting at over there? That is our origin. You want to look into where you come from to define yourself. 
I am a very low-level being. It gives a certain appropriate, not depressing, appropriate humility for us to be able to take in the full scope of our existence, seeing where we come from, where we're going, and giving us some sort of vision, uh, bringing us down from a haughty, lofty vision and perspective of life to being very real with ourselves. Isn't there something to say about not being too low and having some sense of confidence? Otherwise Absolutely. You'll never Absolutely. And I didn't stress that enough. I do think, I do know, Ravai is looking to give us a certain humility. He's not saying, I should be dead. He's saying, look at who I am. I have so much to strive for. There's a fine line that needs to be drawn and balanced in our own lives in between self-negation. You know, in, in the Ashkenazic world, there were two schools of thought in the, Baale, in the Musar schools. There was Slabadka and there was Navardic. Navardic was, I'm a nothing. Ich bin a garnish, they used to say in Yiddish. I'm a nothing, and they used to put themselves in embarrassing situations and so forth. Slabodka, quite the opposite. They used to talk about gadlut in Romimuta Adam, the greatness of a person. Oftentimes, as we reflect back, we're not talking about more than 150 years ago, we try to say there's a certain balance that needs to be struck between those two modes of life. They, each one of them is a little bit extreme in, with regards to, well, if I focus too much on myself, and this was the claim against Slabodka, well, they dress too nicely, they're almost getting vain. And the Vardic, they're getting depressed. There's something in between that needs to be appreciated and drawn out, no question. Hare Ani concluded Rava in his prayer, Ani lefanecha kechli, as if, uh, you know, my claim is right, you know, listen to what he would say next, kechli male busha vechlima, you know what I feel like? I feel like a utensil which is filled with nothing positive, only busha and kelima, embarrassment and shame. Again, he was trying to start his day, it appears, or continue his day whenever he was praying this Amidah and Shachrit and Minhan Arbit by saying, I stand in front of you, God, with a real humility. Perhaps this will help me, but it should be your will, God, that I shouldn't sin more. And God, that which you have sinned in front of you, please, Marek, Rashi says, Kale. Vehatim, destroy, do away with my past sins. But let that be God. And you might be familiar with this. You are familiar with this? This is in the parentheses in the Shalom Yerushalayim Mahsor on Yom Kippur. We have these words at the very end of the Amidah after Yehulah Razon. These are in parentheses there. We'll see why in a second. But it shouldn't be through suffering and difficult sickness, God. Please bring me some atonement. Let me achieve a certain kapara and say, ha, mehila from you, but not in the painful way. In what way would I achieve it? Well, he doesn't say it explicitly, but I'm intuiting from his words through shame and through an appropriate embarrassment. What does that mean, through shame and appropriate embarrassment? We've mentioned more than once the reason oftentimes we sin is because we lose perspective. We don't think about God's presence, right? The moment you feel God in your life, well, now I'm embarrassed to sin. The example I always give is I walk into a room and I trip. It's an example I heard from my rabbi, Rabbi Tversky, once. He says, you walk into the room and you trip. If you stand up and nobody's looking at you, you're not embarrassed. If you stand up and everyone's staring at you, you turn red. Why are you turning red in one situation, not in the other situation? People are watching you. is a reality which prevents, in turn, sinning. It's for that reason the Gemara will tell us elsewhere that a person who sins and is embarrassed from it, you get an atonement for all your sins. All your sins. I'm only embarrassed about one sin. But that is the tikkun for all your sins. Once you've internalized God's presence, that should bring forth for you 
an appropriate direction forward. It fixes, to a certain extent, all that went wrong. That's what Rava talked about. He talked about Bushan Klima, embarrassment. Well, why are you embarrassed? I'm embarrassed because I realize you're in my life and I haven't been paying attention to you. Going forward now, I should have that siliha. I don't need Yisurin and Holayim. What would Yisurin and Holayim do for me? What would pain and torture and sickness, it would awaken me to, wait a second, God's in my life. I already have that. Don't do it with that. Vahainu says the Gemara vidui de Rav Hamnuna Zute. And in truth, this was the vidui, the verbal confession of Rav Hamnuna Zute. Zute means the smaller one. That's how they knew him. Biyoma de Kippure. How do you like that? On Yom Kippur, Rav Hamnuna Zute used to say this as part of or his entire vidui. Now, our vidui today, of course, has lots of sins which we've done. Over here, there's not particular sins, but there is an expression of regret on the past and acceptance for the future, which we don't have so much in our vidui. But again, the parentheses in the Shalom Yerushalayim Situ, I'm not sure why it's parentheses or not. In the newer versions, they put Nikudot, and the older ones used to be even without Nikudot, are these words where you're talking about my regret for the past and my, uh, my acceptance for the future. Mor, bere de ravina, says the Gemara, mor bere de ravina, when he would finish his prayer, you're going to recognize this one. He would say the following, Elokai, my God. Safeguard my tongue from evil. And my lips from speaking in a tricky, sly fashion, in a way that's going to uh, manipulate others. Vilim kalelai, and to those who curse me, nafshiti dom, my soul should, so to speak, be quiet. Let them not penetrate my soul. Venafshi, and my soul, keafala koti Right? We say these words every single day, more than once. Nafshi, my soul, keafar la koti What does it mean my soul should be like dirt to all? Is that again humility? What does it mean my soul should be like dirt to all? Tosafot, top left hand corner, v'nafshi ke'afala kotiyeh, ma'afare no mekabel keliyah le'olam, ken yehirason shezari'i lo yechle le'olam. Dirt has a way of not being destructed. It's always there. The same way my dirt was always there, so to my soul, in terms of my descendants, should always be present. Concludes Tosafot, Isn't that a fascinating thing? Tosafot concludes with a pasuk, which is said to Yaakov Avinu. How do you translate that pasuk? And your descendants should be like the dirt of the earth. How do you translate that pasuk? We generally translate it as the blessing to Abraham. The blessing to Abraham was you should have an abundance of offspring. Go out and count the dirt. You won't be able to. You'll have so many children. Tosafot says with Yaakov Avinu, at Bet-El, the beginning of Parashat Vayeseh, when God promises him, it wasn't a promise with regards to abundant, bountiful offspring. It was a promise with regards to their continuity, to their eternal existence. The same way dirt isn't destroyed, I should as well, my descendants should have a perpetual, eternal existence. Okay. He would conclude this prayer, open my heart to your Torah, and after your mitzvot, my soul should run, should race, should save me from difficult um, injuries, from difficult encounters, from, uh, from, from an inclination which is evil and brings me away from what I should be doing, from a woman, and this now we have a combination of our kindness or 
and what we do at the beginning of the tefillah in one of those yihirasons, meishara from a woman who would be evil for us, and from all evil which might come upon me in this world, and all those who will upon me or think about me negatively and have want evil to befall me, mehera quickly hafer asatam foil their plan, kalkel machshevotam. Um, uh, skew their thoughts. Um, my the words of my mouth should be lerason hakadosh baruch should be your will. And so too the thoughts of my mind of my heart should be in front of you, God. Hashem suri God, my strength and my redeemer. Pasuk in Tehillim mizmor yotet. That brings us through several of the tefilot, which the Emoraim would say at the end of the Amidah. Again, we have plenty more to discuss and develop with regards to other perspectives and prayers which they would uh, say. Baruch Amen ve